Anyone watch any movies this week? Not in part I of the uh, podcast? Ooh. But oh. I don't want to say a lot because I need to rewatch it. It's a movie that is very mindfuck. Is it one mm. that we are going to talk about in a podcast or is it a, a random watch? It's a random watch. Oh. Mm-hmm. From 1995. Yeah. That was the year I was born. Which movie was it? You don't have to talk about it, but which movie? Ghost in the Shell, the original animated movie. What what oh brought you goodness. to watch that one? My coworker at work is a big anime guy, and he goes, "Oh, here's Ghost in a Shell. Oh, here's Secret World of Arietti." I was like, "That's okay, true. cool." Did you watch mm-hmm. that yet? The Ghost uh, Ghost in a Shell, Secret World of Arietti. I haven't. I'm waiting. Okay, to. I've heard yeah. that's really good. Yeah, I've I'm wanted excited. to see that one. Mm-hmm. But Have you yeah, thought about um, making fun of him for liking anime. There's nothing to make fun of about that. Oh, thank you, thank you. Sorry. John, I mean, are you, you like a Pokemon? '90s bully? Like, what's going on? Like, are you like one of those like jocks <laughs> that like, well, like, you know, pushes like kids with glasses in like the locker rooms and stuff and causes them like weak? And if anything, wet I was the one who got pushed around. So, no, not not as much. But I'm a little bit salty for my Fortnite loss about 20 minutes ago. Oh, well, that stinks. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a good transition. Anytime Fortnite comes in, we kind of <laughs> have to kill the conversation. I would say, yeah. intro. <laughs> jesus fuck me and here we go (laughs) and those movie dudes yeah up in this shit what if that was our intro dude (laughs) (laughs) those movie dudes talk about shit oh my god i would talk about movies yeah 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 (laughs) oh my god dude i would would throw my computer across the room bro for those of you who are still with us thank you (laughs) for those of you who are not we yeah. greatly apologize. Thank you. And for <laughs> those of you who are listening for the first time, we are Those Movie Dudes, where every week we watch three acclaimed films that we've never seen before. And if you'd like to have a say in what we watch in our podcast, follow us at Those Movie Dudes on Instagram and vote in our stories every Saturday. Uh, more and more people have been doing that, which has been fantastic. Uh, as many votes as possible, so we really get a good shakeup of uh, uh, what movie is going to win uh, the polls each week. We had a very... Uh, mysterious week uh this past week a lot of thrillers a lot of a lot of, a lot of mm. creepy little uh mystery movies uh, the movie that won for me is a film from 1971 it is called clute it's on the criterion uh it's yeah it's in the criterion Turner collection Classics. i believe but it's on hbo max so that is yeah. what we watch for my pick mm-hmm. johnny boy fascinating i had a new film that came out on was it hulu no, no, no! Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime, Amazon Prime, and it yes. is a little, little kind of a new age, spooky little fifties alien Twilight movie. Twilight Zone movie. <laughs> yeah, a little, little creepy, you know, kind of spooky, spooky. Uh, the Vast of the Night. Spooky, right. spooky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little spooky, spooky, huh? Little spooky, spooky movie. <laughs> It's not spooky whatsoever. No, it's and really I not picked spooky. M from 1931. Thriller, so. All right, let's do this. <laughs> ah, shit, bro. I'm just gonna see how many times I can say spooky during this podcast. No, you gotta spooky say spooky. spooky spooky though. Oh, spooky spooky. I watched a um, movie on the Criterion Channel called Tooky Booky. Wow. Legit. Can we just can we just talk about that instead? Yeah. No, seriously. It's a movie from <laughs> from you. Senegal oh from like the 70s. Yeah, and it's called Tooky Booky. Per tradition, we always want to talk about john's movie first because he usually picks like a low budget student film uh something that no one's ever heard of or seen before. Film. it's on the bottom of the barrel of amazon prime and it has like a 62 percent so he considers it an acclaimed film um but <laughs> however 
We don't have to go with your movie this week. I'll I'll give you a little pass. If you, if I'll you vote for mine to go first. Else. You want to talk about M first? I'll Ooh. talk about M. First? I'm down to talk about M first if if uh, wow. little Johnny Boy over there is okay with it. Johnny Boy is totally okay to get. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Fast movie... of the night. Um. <laughs> oh. What? What the <laughs> French toast, bro? Come on, man. I think it's time to get M out of the way. It's the shortest title. Let's have the shortest discussion and get it out of the way immediately. Mm, he's okay with it okay yeah <laughs> yeah that's what i thought <laughs> i was just seeing how how long i could say the title without stopping but yeah and it's so, one letter so yeah it was yeah thank you yeah mr obvious. um yeah so m 1931 directed by fritz lang it was his first sound feature there's a serial killer on the loose and a spooky tune being whistled throughout the city is a signal that a little girl could be killed. And the mafia's trying to stop it. So, uh, yeah. A little classic Fritz Lang, Spencer. Hello. Famous movie. Very famous movie. What did you think of this Fritz Lang classic? Yeah, I have heard of this movie for a very long time. Hey, Winston, where are you going? You getting up? Moving over 10 feet and laying down? Hi, Winston. Great, thank you. Hi. Um, I have heard of this movie for a very long time. Uh, I know Fritz Lang is the director uh, he's done so many uh, iconic films, and I haven't really seen a lot of his filmography. Um, mm-hmm. So this was probably one of my first Fritz Lane films that I've seen. Um, and I thought, for a movie that was made in 1931, I thought this was incredibly innovative. This was very cool to see, just in terms of like the camera work, what they were able to achieve with the story and the performances and the studio they were shooting in. It was very insane that like this was like right at the beginning of filmmaking and yet so many movies we've seen since then has, has like tried to copy that style in terms of like the story and the tone and the camera work it was really cool to see it was kind of like it was kind of like a little film history class watching this movie okay okay jonathan this was black and white in pre-2010 and it was foreign and i sat down it was kind of late at night and i was like okay i can kind of half pay attention to this and then i realized it was in german and i was like well i better put my phone down but um Oh, my fucking God, bro. Fritz Lang, I appreciate what you were doing. I think there was some good cinematography in this movie. And like Spencer said, you have to appreciate films like this where, you know, there there's not really much to go off of. You're just, you're, it's the creativity of the time. And it was well done in that aspect. The cinematography was good. But a lot of the time, I just felt like it was literally just dudes chain smoking in a room talking. Like there wasn't really, there wasn't really any substance to this film. Mm-hmm. Well, they were trying to figure out how to catch the guy, and they and they I were all the terrible scene, at it. Well, I mean, it was new technology, like the whole scene with the blown up fingerprints, and they're trying to like figure out who it is, and then the whole Winston. I swear to God, was that a um, toy that squeaked? Yeah, <laughs> he's playing with a duck now. Winston. It's adorable. Can we just talk about that instead? <laughs> hey, go lay down. <laughs> Winston. That reminds me of Click, bro. Remember the dog that had the duck? In Click? He doesn't hump it. He just wants to play. Well, I'm just, I'm glad that you knew what I was talking about. Continue. Uh, you're wrong. Nate, what did you think? Okay. (laughs) Um, I, I agree with John in the aspect that there was a lot of just seeing what both sides were doing in preparation to find this killer. A lot of just kind of static shocks, shocks, shots of, uh, just like pickpocketers kind of spying, seeing if they can figure out who the guy was. I thought how they figured out who it was was kind of cool with the man with the balloons 
and how he was yeah, blind, yeah. but he recognized the song, which is a really creepy symphonic thing that I recognized immediately. And I was like, oh, in the this hall is... of the mountain king, I believe is the yeah, song, it's... which is funny because over the past weekend, I watched the social network and the whole scene with them like rowing in that competition is set to that tune. Yeah. And so like, really? it's still used. And I mean, it's used in so many movies and media. I mean, yeah, like everyone like can whistle this tune. I mean, besides you, John, cause you don't know how to whistle, but it's, I do not it's, know how to whistle, but it, that is a, a song that I immediately tune. recognized as well. So yeah, I'll it was give, really cool to see that, especially in this, and that how he would whistle it every time. You know, he was, mm-hmm. he was preying on a on a child. It's pretty spooky, spooky, spooky. It was kind of spooky, and, spooky. And you could definitely That's see too. the the turmoil in the character because it's hard to sympathize with a character that does the things that he does. Yeah. Um, but Peter Lorre, who rocked this role as this killer, I, I I sympathized him towards the end, just in how he was expressing his feelings. It was and, the speech that he made. Yeah. To kind of like, yeah. He's like, I, it was ridiculous. Compulsive. It was a compulsive thing. And he said he had to live with the parents of these kids in his heart mm. forever kind of thing. Yeah. So that made you, though what he did was still terrible, like one of the worst things you can do. I still sympathized him in a little way, just how he didn't want to. But then when the moment came, it just kind of happened. And... Um, but I, I liked yeah, his defense like... attorney, though. He was my favorite character the whole movie. Right. <laughs> Where no, he was you, just like, you... hey, I'm here to defend you, so you might want to shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but... that scene, honestly, up until then, it, I swear, like, the movie was, try, like, watching paint dry. Like, it really was. Until they finally kind of forced him into this that room. That's fine. I'm just, I'm just telling you my opinion. That's okay, right? Of course. Spencer, you okay with that? Up to up to that point, it was just dudes chain smoking in a room, and I can imagine a lot of these people died from lung cancer at one point in the fifties. But I I just I didn't like any of the movie up until that scene where it actually was captivating because you see kind of this this uh, this like Nate said the inner turmoil of this killer where he just has this part of him that he's kind of unable to part with, and I, I thought that was that part was done very well. That was pretty much the one scene that I that I liked in this movie. Hmm. I, I did, would say that the first half I was did very. Really like that. I would say the first half is pretty riveting. The kids are like humming that song. Like the woman's really pissed. She's like, nah, like I don't want them like singing the song all day." It's like they, no one knows what's going on. It's like and the whole mystery. Cutting, of, like, like back yeah, and who forth, is this yeah. mysterious child killer out there? And it's like who knows who it is. And I love the reveal of it. It's actually the poster in the title of the movie. Mm-hmm. The way that the whole scene was done, it was very creative, and I was like, "Oh, this is actually like really cool." How they're trying to figure out who this killer is and how to let like everyone else know very subtly. Mm-hmm. In the scenes when he was stalking the children, we like humming the tune, and uh, the use of reflections in this movie was so unique, and especially for the time this was made in. I mean, you've seen so many other directors try to emulate that in their work as well. Just the use of reflections and mirrors was was very prevalent in this film and it was really cool to see that um being used especially like i said in 1931 for the time that it was made in it did a whole lot yeah there was a lot of social commentary too that you could see with what people were trying to do and how people were reacting because the guy said it in a speech himself people will give you 10,000 stories but when they need information nobody knows a thing and yep. so it's just people blame, oh, that guy is talking to a child. It must be him kind of thing. And it's it was kind of cheesy in that like early 30s Hollywood kind of way. But it had to start somewhere. And That part kind of bothered me a little yeah. bit. How just like 
everybody was just like, oh my god, it must be him, it must be him. I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake, come on. Like Exactly, and that's kind of how uh, it was. It was almost like the Scarlet Letter. Basically. It was like it was like the Salem just... Witch Trials or something. Like, oh, he's a witch, or she's a witch, blah, blah, basically. blah. Let's kill her right now. It's, uh... Basically, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But it did kind of the resources they had. Yeah, it did kind yeah. of drag though in the middle once you started seeing what they were trying to do and just kind of piecing together little bits, but they didn't really have anything to go through. It wasn't until pickpockets started to finally figure stuff out, but um right. yeah, the whole thing with the M and what that symbolized and how it made him visible kind of thing to everybody. It was really interesting and unique because this was the first time we'd seen that done. Because then you see yeah, it, it in all cool kinds of trip. other movies. But yeah, I thought P- L- Peter Lorre's performance was great. He's very versatile if you can speak German and then come over and do American movies as well. So he's definitely one of those actors from that time who's made a mark for actors today. And and so here's the thing with this movie is that while I thought this was a very fun movie to watch in terms of just like the history of filmmaking, just kind of like what it was like for a film to be made in, in Germany, nevertheless, in 1931, that whole aspect of it, I was fascinated by. I was really interested in it. This is when I kind of come around to John's thoughts. It was very, very painstakingly slow at times. And to the point, it's like, because we've seen so many movies, we're accustomed to the stories and how they're usually told and unfolded. And you can kind of sense where it was going to go besides the whole little uh, speech that happens. I thought that was a cool little, like, uh, th- that was something I did not expect to happen. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it dragged a lot. It, d- it definitely ne- didn't need to be two hours. And it was funny because I first looked up this movie, M. I guess there was a remake in the 50s, like an American remake that they did. And that's an hour and 28 minutes. So I thought this movie was an hour and 28 minutes before going into it. And then I was like, oh, shit, this is actually two hours. And I could definitely feel the length. So I, I, I see what you're saying there. I just really appreciate just seeing this movie from kind of just like the history of filmmaking. I thought that was just a very, very cool thing to see and to finally witness. Okay. I actually appreciate that aspect as well. Um, For me, it's like when I go back to old movies, I do appreciate the aspects of kind of just how everything started. But the only thing I can really compare it to is the show, a show that I've watched for 20 years now survivor which if you oh. go back to season one it's terrible the production value is awful and it's just like they're just getting their footing but then you watch you know newer seasons and it's like it's just great the editing's spot on they know what story elements to focus on and this one it's just like i feel like they were just dragging along so much in the middle of the film and then they finally get to the end and you get the meat of the story and that's what i wanted and i appreciated that part but it didn't make up for the the first half of the film that was just like Oh my god, it was just painful to get through for me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm more so, of a and that's fan just of the me. first half, less of the second half. So I'm kind of a little uh, a little switcheroo on you, but uh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. All right, Spencer, okay. what 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 would you grade this little this little German classic? This little German classic, uh, it's a it's a movie that I'm probably not going to ever watch again, just because I, I'm glad that I finally have seen it. My enjoyment of the movie, though. It wasn't that high, uh, other than just that I thought it was very cool to see how they were pulling off some of the shots. The acting was really good, and it was just a very fun movie to watch, especially from 1931. So I'm going to go three out of five. Give it fresh, but uh, I probably won't watch it again. All right, Mainstream. What about you? <laughs> M for Mainstream. Um, Yeah, I got to go a little bit lower with this one. It was just pretty much completely the opposite of the films that i would typically be interested in watching it just wasn't for me and i I hate to give classic films a grade like this but i'm giving a one out of five i just it was not for me 
I really didn't enjoy this one. Okay. All right. Sorry. That's okay. Absentia. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So. Oh, I got a police uh, car. Hold on, guys. But I'm giving it a four out of five. I really appreciate this movie. It just had that class. I love early Hollywood stuff, early Hollywood classics, um, especially with a legend like Peter Lorre, who went on to he was in Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, um, all kinds of other stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was the little really sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he was, wasn't it? Until you just said that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because it wasn't till the end of this movie. Well, because I thought it was Orson Welles for a long time, just from how it looked. And then I'm like, oh wait, this guy's eyes are more buggy, kind of. He kind of looks like Peter Lorre. And then the credits came through, and I was like, oh, okay. But uh, (laughs) but uh, yeah, four out of five for me. I just I Fritz Lang's awesome. Like I love Metropolis. So this was definitely yeah. one right around that same time. That was just something that I enjoyed. These are just kind of my movies. So four out of five for me. And that's funny. You just said Metropolis. That's a movie that John and I had to watch in a film class in college. However, I think I would have enjoyed watching this movie in class over Metropolis. I think it was just design of cinema. I feel like this would make a little bit more sense. Uh, I hated that In class. terms of now seeing both. <laughs> oh, I couldn't stand that. that class, bro. I didn't mind that the last film we watched because it was in color, but other than that, Run I, Lola Run. Yeah, that film oh, was I want to see like a that. three I out of five for me. It was watchable. Uh, it was awesome. Throw okay, but mouth. that's M. That is on HBO Max under the yes. Turner Classic Movies collection that they just added down there. So check it out. Thank if you, you want. HBO Max. Um, yeah, they've been providing some great material with like their Studio Ghibli and Crunchyroll and all that. It's awesome. Yeah, a lot Some of our picks have been got. HBO Max oriented for sure. Oh, it's nice. Um, yeah, it's fun. And these movies aren't typically available. And mm-hmm. uh, speaking of, the movie that is also in HBO Max that I've been wanting to see for a while, it is on the Criterion Collection. It is a film called Clute. Bree Daniels, girl on the brink. Somewhere among her clientele is a freak who murders call girls. Sit down. And a wholly incredible cop who insists her life is worth saving. Uh, it stars Donald Sutherland and Jane Fonda. It is about a small-town detective played by Sutherland, and he's looking for a missing man, one of his best friends who is uh, presumed dead, but he's trying to figure out what, you know, what's going on, why he's missing. And the only connection they have is with a New York prostitute played by Jane Call Fonda. girl. Call girl. That's okay, what she well, goes IMDb, by. She's an she's escort. labeled a prostitute. Okay, well, whoever so, wrote uh, that uh, logline is Blame uneducated. IMDb for not being politically correct. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Nate. Yes. You had to watch (laughs) Clute. I did have to watch Clute. What did you think of this little paranoia thriller from the 1970s? I like me a good thriller. A good thriller with good, like, acting behind it. Because Donald Sutherland's great. Um, I... (sighs) Never really saw. Uh oh, John's oofing wow. again. Big sigh over there from Mainstream Boy. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> sorry guys, this is gonna be a bad episode. <laughs> Just wait till the last movie, and then John will know yeah, how it feels. What they um, gave him in twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Jane Fonda, I love her. She deserved her Oscar for this. Um, she was one of the classiest call girls 
I've seen in a movie. But I just thought her and Sutherland's performances were great. And their chemistries were great. But it had that early 70s thriller feel where it just it wasn't quite as suspenseful as I wanted it to be. Like, I knew it could be really intense at some points, but it just wasn't as thrilling as I was hoping it would be. I was hoping it was going to be something similar to, like, Charade that we watched. But that that one was more comedic to me, Charade. Yeah. Just because, like, Audrey Hepburn's kind of, like, the romance of that movie. This one was definitely more, like, this was definitely darker. It kind of reminded me a little bit more of, like, the conversation in terms of just, yeah. like, the, the 70s, it, like, paranoia thriller. It was darker, but it just... I don't want to say that the stuff that happens in the movie isn't terrible, but it just wasn't as drastic, I guess, like what they were trying to figure out, like this guy beat up a girl kind of thing. Right. And that's kind of what it led into other things. It just wasn't as gripping for me, but the performances carried it. Like, yeah. oh, Jane Fonda. I just, she, every time she was on the screen, I couldn't look away for a second because i just thought she was awesome and donald sutherland lacked out of the two of them but i think as his portrayal as this cop was actually really well done you see the feelings kind of slowly start to meld together and but just wasn't as exciting as i was hoping a thriller like this would be all right i echo a lot of the same points that you just made uh, before i give my thoughts i want to go to uh johnny boy over there what were your thoughts on this uh, 1971 paranoia thriller so there were good and bad uh aspects of the film for me i really like nate said i loved jane fonda's performance i think that it definitely was maybe oscar worthy and she did win so that's great um i i really liked the scenes where you kind of see her inner turmoil as a character where she's trying to kind of figure out what she sort of feels like she deserves as a human being in a relationship at least she kind of she she's able to feel more power as a call girl rather than when she's acting i i kind of like that aspect of her character where she was kind of able to feel on, on top of the world when she was acting in a certain way and i sort of like those scenes where she was talking with her psychiatrist but i just <sighs> donald sutherland seems so one note to me was it just me or did he there, was was it he was, much to his character he, was he didn't have his uh, mustache <laughs> he was definitely like I, I aloof. Just, yeah i don't know and since the movie but that could have just been Clute, his character I'm like this movie should be like, like he should be like the character that you really look at, but it was more, more or less. It was, it was Jane Fonda and she was great. And there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that, but he was just kind of this very bland personality. Like I didn't see what she saw in him. And it just, it would have made more sense for me if like, uh, if Jane Fonda's character's name was Clute, cause the movie is really yeah. about her. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, she yeah. is phenomenal in this movie. I definitely think it's a deserved Oscar win. Uh, just sure. everything with her and the psychiatrist, like you just mentioned, was all ad libbed. It was just her kind of just in a scene, kind of making things up. That, it was that very was really genuine, interesting. Dude. Those scenes, yeah, that's what genuine. it felt like. Yeah. And they gave her so much depth. They gave us, they gave her so much character development. So you really uh, kind of understood where she was coming from. Like they really explained like why she's in this business, uh, and and kind of like the past that she's had in her relationships. And I thought her and Donald Sutherland actually they were like a good match, especially in this movie. They had good chemistry. Yeah. Uh, just for being such weird characters. But yeah, I definitely see what you're saying about Donald Sutherland. He was a little bit of aloof in this movie. He was just kind of like, oh, well, like my, my friend's he was missing. A, he was a little bit obtuse. I kind of miss my know? friend. I'm a little interested. Yeah. But then again, I mean, that's a lot of like, people are like that. I mean, people are kind of just 
one note. I mean, resting bitch face. I mean, yeah, but I'm for guilty a film, them, so. you want you want to be able to latch onto a character that has some sort of personality. And for a film that's titled Clute, I wanted more from Donald Sutherland, who's like, you know, supposed. Yeah, to be a great you can make actor. that He's, argument. I I was personally I satisfied with Jane Fonda's character. Uh, I thought she was just the the heart and soul of the movie. But yeah, it's weird that, her, that this movie is named Clute, and it's about this kind of like it's, stick yeah, in the mud. Yeah, it's totally about her. It's totally about <laughs> yeah. her. It's super weird. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it, it's kind of like the Edge of Tomorrow situation where it's like, what do we title this movie? Well, it's kind of about him, so Clute. Okay. I would have just called it like The Call Girl. It, it just would have made more sense in the context of the story. But I did like it. Like I did like certain aspects of the film. Her character was great. I can definitely see the Oscar-worthy aspects of her performance. But overall, like I just... There wasn't much to the overall story itself that I was able to grasp onto. You know, the kind of twists and turns that it takes weren't really that exciting for me. I, I, w- I thought it was interesting. I like the use of the audio recordings, and espe- uh, especially the one uh, recording of Jane Fonda, uh, their character. Mm. Like, it's played like three or four times in the movie. Like the guy's obsessed with it. And I thought the, 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 like, the stalker scenes were really creepy i got like some of this like when she was like kind of paranoid like thinking someone was like in her apartment and she's trying to go to sleep at night like i thought that was actually pretty creepy and the music was de- it definitely didn't help the situation uh yeah, it definitely seemed was... like a horror movie at times <laughs> there's actually one little funny scene when he walks in on all the, all the people smoking pot <laughs> oh yeah i usually like for the for one funny scene of the movie i thought that 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 little moment was actually entertaining um <laughs> so but yeah, I'll agree with you. Those scenes did have a little, little spooky spooky to them. Four. Nate? Is our, is our friend Nate? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah what? <laughs> I, I, well, I had already said my piece, so I was, I was oh, listening yeah. to you guys. All right. <laughs> well, she just, it, she just, like you said, she had that depth, and she was able to find somebody that saw her not as just a call girl kind of thing. And I love how she said, oh, I did it for the physical pleasure mentally like i'm not there like it's just a job it's just an act and so she was getting lost in her act she was almost like a daniel day lewis type thing he get she was getting lost as a call girl when she had so much more to offer and that's that's what i think oscar worthy performances need they need a depth. They need a reason for their character to do what they're doing. Psychiatrist, and she just kind of she explained it all there on yeah. why she's doing the things she does because she doesn't know what she deserves. And so yeah. this guy, she's afraid, she's afraid to get too close to him. But then again, she doesn't know what a regular relationship is, so she's doesn't want any part of it kind of thing so there's some relatable type things not as far as being a call girl even though i could fit in a size too um (laughs) but yeah i just she had that vulnerability but then she was also feisty like you you wouldn't mess with jane fonda in the 70s she didn't look anything like the jane fonda i remember for august osage county or um uh, uh, what's that movie where Jason Bateman goes to Maine, Spencer? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that's the movie actually, or something. Or... Yeah, that's the one movie yeah, where I remember Fett. Jane Fonda from. You gotta watch like On Golden Pond. Job. I feel like she's not okay. in that movie. Um, On Golden Pond, she was great. Monster that's where in I knew Jane. That's where I knew she, Jane Fonda. Isn't that with Jennifer Lopez or something? <laughs> Jennifer Lopez is a bad movie. Oh for fuck's yeah. sake! Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like I said, man, this is this is her in her in literally her prime of life and in her acting career, where she just she just kills it every single scene. She just takes over the room, um, especially next to Donald Sutherland, who really wasn't given much to do in this movie. He's just 
Boah, boring, bro. I don't know. Um, I, yeah. I was, I, I mean, I thought that the investigation was interesting. Like, I was really curious to find out, like, who this person was, what was going on, what happened to his friend. Because, I mean, right up, like, right from the beginning of the movie, it's like his friend goes missing. It's like, where'd he go? No one knows. Uh, and I thought that was, it was, it was interested in it, but it did take a little too long to get to the, the resolution and the resolution I thought didn't pay off in the way I was hoping it would. And they kind of hinted at it halfway through the movie and then it kind of sticks to it. I was hoping for maybe a little bit more like, uh, tricks and, uh, some clever plot twists, but overall I thought Clue was just a, it was a fun movie. Uh, it was, it was a cool little, uh, thriller from the early seventies. But before I grade it, I want to hear Nate's grade. I originally gave it a four out of five. I think I might have to dip it down to a three and a half. Okay. Just because you brought up like the whole final resolution and it felt kind of slapsticky. Not in like the, oh, I get bumped and I fall down kind of thing, but it was just kind of, oh, I want you. Come here, come here. And then, oh, in runs the yeah. good guy out of nowhere. There like, was some he, sloppy uh, editing. Yeah, you don't see him approach the building. You see them fight, and then he's there. Like, oh my god, she's getting attacked. There wasn't, like, him investigating and him also figuring it out. Like, if he figured it out at the same time, then that would have been kind of a cool reveal. But However, like, the the weird fetish when he's playing the tape to Jane Fonda at the end and she's, like, sobbing. I Mm -hmm. guess, apparently, that was genuine from Jane Fonda. She was just very emotionally, like reacting to the scene the way like anyone would because you'd never heard the recording before yeah uh and the recording itself is so chilling because you it's just like it's bone chilling it's uh, that was creepy in itself but what happens after that like you said it's like it wasn't satisfying yeah but it was still that's literally exactly what i wrote too where the the climax of the film was just like that's it and then it kind of it just ends and the credits roll over her just like in her in her apartment yeah. yeah, you know, it's just like for me, I was like, "That's it!" Like the last forty-five minutes, I just, I just expected more from this supposed thriller where they're trying to find this missing dude. Like there was just not enough there for me. Uh, but John, what would you, what would you grade uh, this this movie? Uh, before, if I was gonna grade it on performance alone uh, for Jane Fonda, I'd give it like four out of five, Oscar worthy. But for the film, it just there wasn't enough there for me story wise. So I gotta drop it down to a two and a half. It just wasn't quite. Ooh. Oh, wow. It, it just wasn't quite... I know, I know. And I... It's it's really for the last 45 minutes that just it just didn't grip me in the way that I was hoping it would. So, All right. yeah. I'm going to match Nate's grade with a three and a half. I thought that it was... I thought it was engaging. I liked the performances. Uh, I thought that the, the score was really cool. It was just a nice little thriller from the early 70s. And that kind of subgenre is... Uh, movies I, I tend to like for some reason mm-hmm. so i give it a i give it a three and a half it's definitely good but like you guys said i think we all agree it it, it could have had a little bit more of a satisfying uh, conclusion that was clute uh i wish that it lived up to my expectations just a little bit more but i'd say that it's still a uh, solid solid watch you can check that one out on hbo max you could uh you can have some fun with it um or yeah don't. i don't fucking care i don't really um, care either i'm gonna take over for this film which is on Amazon Prime. It's a brand new film. If you're into those kind of like spooky, spooky, a little bit of thriller. That's five. Sort of alien films uh, that revolve around, you know, the kind of mystery of Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, the Vast of the Night follows two teenagers uh, running a local switchboard center and radio station. When the entire town is together at a high school basketball game, the two pick up a strange type of interference over the radio. As they investigate the signal, uh, there are some increased sighti- sightings by the townspeople. Of something in the sky watching over them. 
Very spooky, spooky. So, uh, Nate, Six. what were your thoughts of the vast of the night? Number, please. Hello? John, you're going to be very surprised. This, I felt something during this movie. Something deep inside of me. Like, Uh-oh. I can feel it. I'm scared. Oh, he made a fart noise. Uh-oh. Wow. But this was one of those farts that, like, you let go in the middle of the night so your stomach feels better. But my definition, it was a very, very, very good movie. Dang, Ooh. bro. I was just it, the opposite wow. of that part. It felt like a Twilight Zone episode, a modern Twilight Zone. And mm. this movie made long, static monologue shots interesting for some reason. Just the girl at the call board, and she's communicating with the guy, and she has to keep switching the lines, and she keeps yeah, holding all these different and conversations. Seconds. I thought it was long awesome. It was long was, takes in this movie. And, if it was anything else, it would have been like, okay, come on, cut. But no, I wanted to see what this was leading to. And because there were a lot of like slow, not pans, but slow, like, what's the word I'm thinking of? Zooms. Like camera movements? Yeah, and like slowly zoomed in, but like almost glacier-like. It was just so slow. I don't, and then the, I, I can't really explain it. This movie just, it was fun. But it also was a little spooky, spooky. Oh, that's oh, spooky, spooky. Mm, a little wow, bit. It's just it was dark, <laughs> but you had these high school characters who were kind of relatable. Just these kids at a basketball game in the 50s. And yeah, just no one knows what's going on. So it had a real nice mystery to it. Oh, boy. I mean, it, yeah, it, it was definitely a, a, a like a nod to the old Twilight Zones to the point where it's like it's really excessive. I mean, they were just doing this like the slow push in on the old TV at the very beginning and then it goes into the TV and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden the movie appears. It's like, oh, OK, we're Twilight Zone. And then randomly in the scenes, it's like, oh, we're watching from a TV point of view again. So it's all like fake. It wasn't it didn't seem real. But I thought that this movie was awesome. Yeah. I had wow, so much John fun this a great movie. movie. I'm it was so just I didn't say great, myself, dude. Didn't yeah, say great. I wouldn't go. Gr- I wouldn't go great, but this one was. Well, it was just great. so fun. Like it just like it was one of those like late night movies. I watched it at like I don't know ten thirty at night. Uh, it was. I had like the colored lights on. Uh, it was just a very immersive movie, just by how contained it was, just by yeah. a really good dialogue, really good performances. Although Everett definitely annoyed the shit out of me, just by how fast talking he was, how like goody two shoe, how smart he was. The first, but I, I like liked that his character was that committed to that to like he was so committed to yeah. that role, and like he really like made it his own, and I thought that he did a great job. Um, and yeah, just like you guys said, it just like the the slow static camera movement, just like. It's just so immersive. It works so cool. Yeah, definitely. And it hardly yeah. does ever. Like yeah. it takes a lot of skill to make something like that interesting because you're interested the, in these characters. The way that they filmed this movie totally added to the tone and the tension that they were trying to build for that climax at the end, where they have these these long takes and and these long dialogue scenes where it's like over time it kind of builds and builds and builds and you're just like i already feel uncomfortable but nothing has quite happened yet you you get that satisfaction with this movie you kind of you don't really know what's happening because you don't see it but you can feel it you kind of feel it through these characters 
Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really liked the element of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, it yeah. and all, I've never it, seen Twilight Zone. I've never watched X Files. Like, I've never really seen anything like this, but I love films like and TV shows like Super 8 or something like that that take place in this time, in this, in this area, like 1950s. And it, it's just a really interesting time. It's a very mysterious time that I think there's a lot of history that people don't quite understand what happened back then. Like, the government hides mm-hmm. it or whatever. And this was it was just cool to kind of see it contained in this little small town in New Mexico with these two high schoolers that, you know, they get that kind of like the wow signal on, on the radio or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it was I definitely really think cool. That we definitely <laughs> got to stress that this movie was made on a budget of like $700,000. It was filmed over the course of like 17 days in 2016. Very small crew. I mean, like that whole scene with the uh, the when like she runs out of the radio room and then like the camera just goes to the other like section of the town and then it goes to the basketball team it's one long take mm-hmm. and they're on like the kid it's an 18 year old kid on a go-kart mounted mm-hmm. with a gimbal and like that's how they get in the shot wow. it's so low budget like down in the dirt they had a really talented cinematographer i forget the name but he'd done some other kind of big movies that he was like helping them out with but and then he edited this movie for a full year i mean just doing sound design all that kind of stuff to make it just very unique and immersive and it's weird because there was an article that just came out that this was rejected from almost every single uh, film festival like out there, like Sundance, Toronto. Like, Did it say why? Like, were there any I, reasons I guess behind I it? Re- like, I'm sure there are, but I'm, I'm honestly, like, I, I didn't find what they were. But like, imagine going to like a, a midnight showing of a movie that you have no idea what you're gonna see, and this is the one that you see. Like, I would be like, this is I'd like a pumped. little Damn, like bro, late night episode. It felt product. like Twin Peaks. Almost yeah. like a David Lynch type feel, like something's going wrong, but the characters don't realize it other than these yeah. two. And yeah. it encapsulated the feel of a small town with that shot that you were talking about, where it just goes from one side to the other. Everyone's at the basketball game, so nobody else knows what's going on. Like, that's right. super relatable. Just everyone in your town going to this one place so that the town's dead. You know, I like how that... they use that to to like kind of expand on the story of like maybe like why they're there Mm -hmm. i was like oh that's really interesting they're tying it back to the whole fact that the whole basketball game is going on it was really cool yeah and they come around when it's less populated and stuff and then the i'm not going to spoil it but it was just the perfect end for this type of movie because then it kind of leads you into more of a twilight zone type thing like what's going on now like is there going to be a a sequel to this? Yeah. Could they expand further and maybe make a Vast of the Night series? Like, that would be kind of cool. Here's my I pitch. loved the ending to this movie. I loved this, the ending to this movie. This was uh, director, writer and director Andrew Patterson's first movie. He's, he hasn't really made anything else. This was his directorial debut. And it was, honestly, it was this good. And it was this impressive. And he did it. He pulled this off on, like, the budget that he had. Give him another, like, bigger budget. Not too much bigger, but just like, a little bit bigger. And then have him tell, like, another Twilight Zone type of movie. Mm-hmm. I think that would be so fascinating. Don't don't make a sequel. Just have it have completely new characters, new story, but something like 90 minutes. And I think he would crush it again. And if he did that as his career, that would be phenomenal. It would be really, really cool to see. Yeah, this is how he made mystery without without blood, without scares without money like gratuitous <laughs> like sex and like gore and stuff like that no great dialogue dialogue camera work and atmosphere and it just the the script did its own thing and the characters just kind of played along with it it, it was almost like yeah. they jumped in a river and it just kind of took them took them in the okay. right direction i'll yeah. let you guys give your final thoughts and then i, I could go into mine 
the vast of the night i had the lowest expectations for this movie and once again it i ended up really enjoying it It was probably my favorite of the week uh this one was just a lot of fun to watch it was really good performances great directing the script was really fascinating i am gonna go four out of five though uh, not too high because I think it, the the nods to the Twilight Zone, how much it was really trying to like pay homage to it, was a little distracting. But other than that, this one was a ton of fun. And if you have Amazon Prime, you definitely need to check this one out. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely matching your four out of five just because it had it was such an un not unpleasant unexpected surprise. And yeah, there's definitely if they'd expanded on it, it'd probably do a little better. It was only an hour and a half, so there's only so much you can do in a small town with this type of story. So, I can appreciate it for what they did and they did an amazing job and yeah, 4 out of 5 and yeah, if this guy definitely has something, something there's something there. And I thought to myself during this movie, I went, I'm kind of losing myself in this movie. Especially mm-hmm. where he's talking to that character. His name's Billy. That's all you need to know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. he's holding the headphones up to his ear and he's listening to the story. And you see this Everett guy go from, oh, I don't believe that. He's a non-believer. And you slowly see him be like, oh, my God, is what he's telling me legit? And then the whole Faye at the call station and stuff. There was that communication, which was cool. And it was that's probably how people talk back in the 50s. They had to do those call switch lines. Oh, they did. And that was Absolutely. just kind of nostalgic. It was cool to see. It was yeah. really funny. I actually thought that every, for the first like 10 minutes, I kept on thinking that he was calling her babe. And I thought that they were a couple. Oh. And it, and literally, <laughs> it took me a minute to finally realize, like, oh, no, her name's Faye. Okay. <laughs> they, they, intru- <laughs> they introduced those yeah. characters so well with the tape recorder. Yeah. You learn yeah. so much about both of those characters walking from the basketball court to yeah. the radio station. Like, you learn so much in those five shots. Mm-hmm. And I I loved the the characters that you don't see like you said what, Billy was the one over the radio the mm-hmm. the guy who used to yeah I'm not yeah. gonna say anything else but yeah they, they revealed that that scene itself revealed so much and just gave you so much substance to the story that I really really appreciated and then the other scene with the older lady at the house um, mm-hmm. that revealed even more and that just gave you so much meat to chew onto um, with the story itself so you know it it was really impressive where they went with this one I didn't expect it to be this this interesting either but i love the self-contained aspect of this movie with these two characters that you're able to follow around and kind of have this this whole alien kind of mystery movie so i i'm i had it actually lower but after hearing your guys thoughts i i need to raise it up a little bit more so i'm also going to give it a four four out of five ding ding Yay. ding 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 we all scored <laughs> the same our job. <laughs> we need to put a Trying graphic up whenever great. we do the same we ever do the same grade, it's like, oh my god, those movie dudes. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not a bad idea. I'm down. I, I have him right here. I wish, exactly. bro. <laughs> oh, he's there. Um, he is there. We have to so, yeah, all buy a plane our... ticket and meet up and give each other high fives. <laughs> Social yeah, those were our thoughts on Clute, The Vast of the Night, and M. Uh, you can check all those movies out on Amazon Prime and HBO Max. This brings us into our new picks for the week. Uh, the movie that I picked is a movie that I thought was on HBO Max because it said it was on Just Watch. Turns out it's a 12-minute behind-the-scenes featurette, so it's not the movie. So, unfortunately, you guys will have to rent the movie uh, if you want to watch it with us or if you have already seen it. Perfect. But it is The King of Staten Island. It is a brand-new movie from Judd Apatow. It's about Pete 
Davidson's life. Uh, if he didn't find comedy, if he stayed in Staten Island and tried to, uh, you know, live life, I guess, there. Yeah. Okay. And uh, for my film, it's I really had to dig deep this week, guys. I, I tried some movies. Spencer and Nate had already seen them. So this might not be considered an acclaimed film, but you know what? It's all it's all up to interpretation and your opinion. So I went with The Moonlight Mile from 2002 with Jake Gyllenhaal, Dustin Hoffman, Susan Taranzen. What could go wrong? I mean, that's a great cast. Okay, wow. guys. So that's uh, that was those movie dudes. <laughs> so we got the two movies done. Uh, Three. Wait, John, where can we find Moonlight Mile? Yeah. Uh, do, do you remember? HBO, maybe? HBO. HBO Max. Is that right? Yes, okay. Yeah. Yes. HBO Max. Awesome. All yeah. right. Hey, cool. Let me be awesome. myself. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate it. Um, Excuse me? Hmm? <laughs> we have three movies three dudes three movies oh oh we oh oh that's what that was on here oh i thought i thought that was just porn um oh uh, sorry let me Should probably close out of that right now sorry uh click click meow meow and omicord directed by federico fellini his his most personal and biographical film of his career so definitely excited to check it out and i picked it because i bought the criterion so figured might as well <laughs> that, what is, was uh, that, that is, is on, on max. hbo max though as well yeah turner classic movies collection also holly hunter is in moonlight mile and yeah. we're we'll out get ready here. for another one out of five <laughs> next week for i uh, uh, I hope looking not. forward to it. Loving movies from the 1920s and black and white German and Fox it's from the 70s. Oh, there, oh, there you that's go. It's basically <laughs> the 30s for me. And we all and yeah. we also watch *In Search of Fellini*. So now you have to watch it, John. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. as always, you can find our podcast wherever you get the podcast. We're at those movie dudes. You know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. Don't and if we are on a platform like Androids or something or Stitcher, we're, we're more than happy to come to your platform as well. Just let no, us we're know. Not. But we're trying to be iPhone. available wherever you get your podcast. At those movie dudes everywhere. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's really all for me this week. So thank you for listening and uh, watch the movies with us next week. And uh, yeah, doodles. Bye, guys. Jonathan signing off. For those of you turning in, this is uh, Midnight Nate at the Midnight Hour, even though it's only 8.15. And uh, I'm going to recommend a movie for you guys, just a little uh, little film for you guys to watch. The movie I recommend for you guys is... Uh, sorry, let me look at my movie shelf. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, go out and watch Solo.